Hello, this is Alexander Siddig, and you're listening to Neil Before Pod, and don't tune out. Neil Before Blog presents Neil Before Pod. My name is Craig McKenzie. After a lifetime as a nerd, I took to the internet with only one goal, to talk utter nonsense. Now others have joined my crusade and turned this podcast into something else. And today, we talk about the much-hyped DC TV crossover. Unfortunately, this team-up could only find one other hero to join, and that's Chris. Hello, Chris. Hello, Craig. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Not bad. Thank you for inviting me over to your earth for this uh, this special. That's no problem. It's getting easier to do, apparently. All this interdimensional travel is getting a lot easier. Oh, it's just that you gave me that little widget thing, so it's a lot easier than it used to be. That's it, yeah. So, we're here to talk about a television event. Uh, last week, the CW ran a three-night crossover that they pretended was a four-night crossover with all of their superhero TV shows, and now we're here to talk about it. So, before we get into spoiler territory, what were your thoughts? I, I really enjoyed that, actually. I thought it was quite fun. I mean, it had its flaws and things, but no, it was it was very good. I mean, the, the amount of complications there must be in tying different TV shows together and giving them a reason to combine those TV shows together is, is really tricky. So I, I thought they, they pulled it off. Yeah, I'd agree. I enjoyed every episode of it. Um, I like all the shows, which helps. I like all the characters to a degree. And so it's, it's just always going to be fun to see them interact. I think the story maybe didn't carry itself as well as it could have, but it was good enough, I thought. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the um, overall spoiler free obviously it's uh, about an alien invasion which seems like a pretty good reason for everyone to get together really yes definitely everyone from earth one and not from earth one and and beyond yeah oh, and from the past as well people from, from the past the... don't forget them they've traveled a long way as well yes it's taken them a while to get there but yeah well i think we've summed up our thoughts without spoiling it so we should just get straight into spoilers I think, and really talk about it. Now we're in spoiler territory. So the first is the story. How do you think it flowed? You know, how did it flow across the three episodes? Did it work? Did it not work? What worked? What didn't? I mean, there were a few bits of tie-in. Obviously, it all kicks off properly, really, in the flash. Um, in the episode there, um, and I, I, I thought it was pretty good actually. I mean, it gave you a little tease, obviously, at the beginning when you, uh, when you see uh, Flash and Arrow sort of having to fight off against uh, who you thought they were teaming up with originally. Um, yeah. So to kick off with that, um, and yeah, I, I, I thought it, the the introduction worked quite well. Um, the first episode was probably my second favourite episode of it, I think, really. Mm-hmm. 
um, because it's sort of the excitement of getting everyone together and um, what it's going to be about. They, they cracked into the story pretty quickly with the, the alien cl- crash landing. I thought it was going to sort of happen towards the end that they would pull everyone together and sort of drag it out a bit, but they didn't. They, they got right in there. Yeah, it's, it felt like a comic book story to me in the sense that, you know, there's some random reason for everybody to get together and they all get together. But I think the worst of these stories, they take, you know, two, three issues or whatever to get everyone together. So um, the fact that everyone was brought into it within the first 10, 15 minutes of the episode was really good because there's no point in waiting around because there's only a certain amount of time to kill, you know, and... Um, if they'd taken much longer and if it had just been the end of the episode where you get to see everyone interact, that would have been really disappointing. Yeah, for, because I was someone that had already seen the other TV shows, obviously, I was quite glad that they didn't do too much introduction time with each of the teams and the teams of characters roundabout. I was kind of worried that there was going to be a long a long period of sort of introductions to each of the characters. Now, I know that'll probably be a flaw for people that haven't seen maybe some of the other TV shows, if they haven't been watching Supergirl, or they haven't been watching Legends of Tomorrow, they might go, oh, hang on a second, I don't, I don't actually know who any of these people are, or I don't know who some of these people are, at least. Yeah. But for me, I was kind of quite glad that they just got sort of cracking with a bit of the, the, the crossover, really, rather than everyone having to be introduced to everyone else in quite a, a long period. Yeah, the impression I got was that they were just expecting you to go with it, you know, to accept everything that was going on at face value, which was a bit strange because what was ostensibly a flash episode resolved something that, or two things actually that was going on in Legends of Tomorrow. So if you're the one, that one person that only watches Legends of Tomorrow, so you skip the flash episode and then suddenly you're up at the um, the Legends episode next week and there's things that have been resolved off screen that you've never seen. That's going to be might be a little bit jarring. But the same way that there was a flat, well Barry and Cisco's feud was resolved in the Legends episode of this crossover so equally if you're only watching flash you might miss that i suppose they may have done some of that on purpose to encourage people to watch the other shows you know in a way because they're going to need to watch really if they want to find out why it resolved that way unless they're going to do a big sort of recap at the uh, the beginning of each episode now no they could do previously on all of these shows this happened let's get on with it yeah previously in the universe (laughs) yeah but i think yeah, Sorry. doing a three-part story is is a good idea, I think, because um, at the end of the day, it's across three nights, and they want to tell a bigger story. So, why not just have everything feed into itself within the context of this three-part thing? Rather, otherwise, you get like the the first crossover they did, where you know it was a Flash episode that had Green Arrow in it, and it was a Arrow episode that had the Flash in it, and but they didn't really connect, other than some random. Uh, lines here and there. No, I think that did work a lot better that way. I still feel it could have done with maybe a fourth episode just to not pad it out so much, but is to ramp up the tension even more maybe before the the resolution. I mean, it's it's an alien invasion and for me it felt very compact for an alien invasion. I know we sort of get the graphics on the telly sort of showing, oh, they're over London as well and they're over here. and But it kind of felt a bit of a smaller scale despite yeah. the fact that it was supposed to be portraying this sort of invasion of the whole of Earth, almost. Yeah, well, I mean, I saw a lot of chat on Twitter and so on where people were claiming that it was disappointing because it wasn't really giving you that alien invasion thing. But I think 
I think expectations were off the charts. You know, I feel like people might have been expecting the Avengers, but the um, the scale of this is never going to equal that because they're on a TV budget. They're on, you know, they have to pander to much smaller resources. So there's only so much you could do, and I think they did really well with this the resources they had, and possibly gave us more than more than I expected because I never expected anything, you know. Like, of the scale of widespread destruction that you would get in some of these blockbuster films, because it was never going to be that. No, I wasn't so much expecting that kind of scale, but I wasn't because the story sort of has in it that sort of worldwide coverage. If if they had just sort of went, okay, they're attacking the states because it's the epicenter of, I would have almost understood it more in a way. Mm why it seemed a bit scaled down and why the response further seemed to be a bit scaled down. Yeah. Because you're only seeing this one team attacking over one city, apart from sort of at the the very end, you've got sort of Flash and Supergirl having to try and get around as much of America as they can. Yeah. To, I was going to say tranquilize aliens, but that's not the right (laughs) word. It's it's, it's completely opposite to really annoy them (laughs) with the little module things. Um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, I just, I just sort of expected that to be portrayed a little bit bigger, perhaps. And since the Dominators were full CGI, there was only so much time you could actually get with them because every shot of them is pretty expensive, probably. So, um, very true, but I think they made them look proper menacing though. Oh, they were good. Yeah, they did look good. I mean, I've always been impressed with the CG work on Flash and, uh, maybe not so much Supergirl in its first season anyway, but definitely in Flash, you know, Grodd and King Shark and all them, um, they always do a good job. So the Dominators did look good. And the reduced time meant that the characters had to carry it more, which is the right thing anyway. Yeah, um, the the story I think went really well. There were a couple of bits in it where I was not disappointed i just thought it kind of scaled back it couldn't tell whether it was wanting to go further down the character angle i don't know whether they were scared to put too much of what was going on within the the sort of individual tv shows themselves across during the crossover if you know what i mean yeah the tomorrow like you say sort of solved a couple of character arcs in there um however the, the flash and arrow seem to sort of scale back a little bit uh with what they put over. I mean, the first and third episode were essentially about resolving Flashpoint in some way. You know, as in, it added a bit of scope to it, as in Barry's travel through time is what attracted them in the first place, um, which is fine, but I've not been too keen on Flashpoint. I think it's been disappointing, to say the least. But the fact that they they ramped up the, the scope by talking about the effect it's had on everyone in the room, while they all sort of gang up on Barry because he's been a bit reckless so diggle's like you erased my daughter you more swapped yeah in exchange you, you swapped my daughter for the son <laughs> and he doesn't really know the difference but the fact that it happened feels like a bit of a violation i suppose yeah and then cisco's uh, dead brother where he finds out that he was alive and well pre-flashpoint um that's got a sting you know and it, and it really does it really comes across that it does and the forgiveness part it was a bit iffy, as in, he was like, oh my god, I changed the timeline. Uh, uh, I understand what Barry went through now. I will forgive him. Yeah, that, that seemed a bit of a rapid turnaround, and I suppose it was just needed so they could they could justify him going, you know, deciding not to turn them over to the Dominators. Yeah. You know, it's, it seemed like that's 
that's the reason they had to fit that in. Otherwise, they would have had sort of Cisco there being the only person in the room going, "Yeah, send them away." <laughs> <laughs> well, it would have been fine if um, Cisco's meddling had been maybe for selfish reasons, because that's what Barry's meddling was for. He wasn't trying to do it out of any kind of altruism. He was he was changing the past because he wanted his parents to come back, and then he only changed it back because he felt guilty. So it was all pretty selfish from his point of view. But for Cisco, it was saving the Dominator felt like the right thing for him to do. And then he feels like it caused the whole thing in the first place, which doesn't quite stack up, I don't think. No, no, it, it it doesn't. I mean, I was still, by the end of it, a little bit confused as to why the Dominators had decided, oh, we're, we're going to come back again. I mean, because it, it seems like the whole thing was that, you know, one of the Dominators was rescued by metahumans and then went, no, do you know what, actually, they're, they're going to be dangerous later. I'm going to come back and get on them. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I, I, that, that kind of it confused me a little bit. Also, the fact that you've had this sinister guy in the background with the glasses on, waiting <laughs> yeah waiting waiting for his moment yes i know the world's going to be invaded soon and uh, at that moment i shall uh, i shall arrive and go i know exactly who you are and i think you deserve to be punished i'm not gonna i'm not gonna use my uh, my foresight to do anything in advance of this no. <laughs> by my moment when i get to that airport god are they gonna have a stunned look on their face <laughs> yeah and it was the whole uh, give us the plash and we'll we'll call it quits I mean, that, that, that's fine. It's all well and good, but there should have been some kind of reaction to them refusing to do that as well. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it did have its its, its points. I mean, in, in amongst all this as well, you've got the death of the president. Yeah. Which seems to get completely blanked over towards the end. It sort of happens. It's a big moment of shock when they sort of go into the rescue attempt in the first episode. And it can completely fails not only do they get mind control but the president is now dead yeah you know simply was there as bait to be honest so they were never going to rescue the president but you know that's fine we've got another <laughs> one it'll be okay it's just, yeah we've got we've got the standby it's all right it, this this is resolved it's sorted and there's there's very little about the death of the president anywhere else when you when you think of the sort of resulting chaos that would be coming out but everything seems even on the ground when they were doing sort of the wide shots of the aliens arriving into Central City and things, you're looking down at the roads and you're going, no one seems to be panicking down there. Yeah, It all just seems like business as usual. <laughs> Dominators are in traffic. It's like, well, this yeah. is, oh, I'm late for work, but, again. you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope they paid the congestion charge. If not, <laughs> then that is, you know. <laughs> there's sort of little bits like that that made me think, hang on, what, what is going on here? But, you know, it's, it's really nitpicky, actually, because I was having yep. a lot of fun watching all these characters interacting, which I think was is, is its main selling point, really. Yeah. I think I, a lot of these flaws only really stuck out with me on a second viewing when I was watching it again at the weekend. But it was, um, yeah, it was all pretty good fun. And it's one of those little... Just like if you watch the Avengers, you'll be like, mm, that doesn't quite work, that doesn't add up. But, you know, you're having so much fun with it that it doesn't really matter. Um, it does have that, it almost has that big screen appeal, even though there's relatively little action in all three parts, actually. You've got kind of, you've got your big money shot action sequences, and then that's about it. Um, but they're, they're all good action sequences. It just spends more time with characters chatting to one another. And it's always fun because it's characters that don't normally chat to one another. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 seen a bit, and, and there was a, they still managed to keep the sort of comedy and things in there, the comedy elements, little sly lines and things, which I thought were brilliant. Yeah, 
back to the, the president, apparently the producers wanted to use Linda Carter as in Supergirl, um, but the studio felt it might be a little too confusing. I don't know why it would have been confusing. It's just, oh, cool, that's Linda Carter playing the president. You know, like, that would have been fine. But um, I suppose it would have it would have tied their hands on Supergirl as in by revealing that she is an alien posing as a human rather than just being an alien. Spoiler alert for Supergirl. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you're up to date. Uh, yeah. um, if not, why are you still listening to this? We're spoiling yeah. everything for you. <laughs> Albeit in the wrong order, but we're yeah. spoiling it for you. <laughs> spoiling <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I can see how it would have tied their hands and maybe they're planning that she is just an alien. But I don't know. But it would have been cool if she'd turned up as the president. You know. it, it, would have, it would have tied the Earths together a little bit more, actually. Yeah. It would have been interesting because you would have been second guessing it the whole time, wouldn't you? Yeah, I was actually expecting it to be her, but it didn't happen. So that's what it is. I think some of the most interesting stuff was the actual flashpoint stuff and the different perspectives on it, because you had um, Barry feeling a bit sorry for himself because everybody doesn't like him, or a lot of people don't like him because of what he did, and rightly so. I think he screwed things up. And then you've got Oliver saying, "I would totally do what you did." You know, I would, if I could go back in time, save my parents, yeah, sign me up. You know, like, and it kind of mirrors what he said last year in the crossover last year when uh, Barry travelled through time and said to Oliver, "We can't change the past. The time will get angry at us and, and do bad things to us." And Oliver's like, "Well, screw this. We've got this opportunity. What did we do wrong? Let's fix it." So, I could believe that Oliver would save his father and save his mother and save whoever else he could. Well, that's the thing. I mean, in the middle episode, in the Arrow episode, you kind of get a chance to see that alternate timeline. Yeah. You know, through sort of seeing what what would have happened if he didn't get on the boat, and who would have been about, what would have been happening. You know, it was it was quite nice to sort of see some of those characters back and see a little alternate uh, vision. All, yeah. all pops one that they were getting, but yeah, a little alternate. Yeah, the the middle episode was my favourite actually, just from a a dramatic point of view. I thought it was. A fitting tribute to 99 episodes previously of Arrow. Yeah, it was good sort of tying everything. You got all, you got all the villains got to line up, and you know it was yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was it definitely dramatically one of the better episodes because you get a lot um, you get a lot from the characters that you wouldn't normally because you're seeing them in a situation that they haven't or you know almost resetting them back to episode one. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was interesting to see how they've developed and changed and their mindsets changed over the episodes. Yeah, and also it's that kind of it's a wonderful life thing where um, everyone gets to experience this kind of bliss, except Diggle, who is, you know, Shakespearean levels of tortured. <laughs> no, no, I must be in severe pain, even when I have my heart's desire. Yeah, he's um, he's very kind of narcissistic. <laughs> Yeah, so he, he he seems to suffer. <laughs> he he enjoys suffering. I think he secretly likes it. But the interesting thing is because someone asked me um, how I could like the hundredth episode of Arrow, but not Flashpoint, because they essentially do the same things. But I think the the tack that Arrow took, or that episode of Arrow took, was that it wasn't supposed to be an especially deep alternate reality. It was just deep enough to let the characters explore different things. Whereas Flashpoint had all this implied depth because it was a world that was existing. So you had the whole brother-sister team stuff. You had the Joe's an alcoholic and all this other stuff that was going on in the background that you never quite get to find out about. But in this arrow point, shall we call it, it's 
you know, it is of very surface level because it's meant to be a means to an end so that the dominators can get some information. I don't yeah, know what I mean, that information it's... was, but, you know, they wanted information. Yeah, of all the people to take. I mean, you had the president. You could have got more information out of the president, <laughs> I would have thought. Yeah. I'll take the guy with glasses. You've told him everything already. <laughs> it wasn't clear what they wanted them for, but, you know, I guess that was besides the point of the, the whole narrative. Yeah, no, it was... It, it... It, that that's kind of the 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 flaw because because they are you know meant to be the main the main target in the whole thing. You're sort of sitting there going, what what were they wanting to do again? They were wanting to drop a bomb to kill meta humans, right? Okay, okay. So why did they need Oliver Queen to do that? Yeah, why why did they take Oliver <laughs> Queen and sort of a few different people that they could get? And if they have the power just to beam someone up, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they knew exactly who they wanted, <laughs> then you know could they not have just done that? I guess they could have found out about Flashpoint by probing their minds. Uh, uh, they, 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 could, they could have found out a little bit about that. I don't know, but they obviously knew about it before because they had already said who they wanted in the past, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Which is yeah. very strange. But anyway. Um, but it gives our own excuse to you know, It gives celebrate. our own excuse to do that that, that sort of uh, flashback or uh, arrow point, as you're calling it there. There's a little... <laughs> The you know the arrow tip the alternate reality uh, version which is which I, I'd sort of enjoy just seeing these characters and seeing how far that they've come and then obviously they slowly discover that it's a flaw and, and break out. You then get an, a, a, a starship chase scene, which yeah. I never thought I would see in these TV shows. You know, getting a a, a, sort of a little space battle on the go. Well, apparently the one of the producers said in an interview, "What do you think of our little crime drama now?" You know, they're, they're <laughs> shooting aliens and flying spaceships and things. It's like I honestly never thought I would see that, and when I watched the pilot episode of Arrow, no, it always seemed very, very grounded. But you've, yeah. you've now got magic and uh, aliens, so <laughs> it's um... <laughs> yeah. But uh, this Prometheus guy, he's going to be a problem. So yeah, I, I suppose it's the rising stakes and the stakes were big for that story but everybody has to go back to their own shows and deal with their own nonsense as well so I guess that's maybe why the stakes weren't as high as they could or maybe should have been because otherwise it's like, okay, how do we go back to normal life after this? I, I still think they're going to struggle in the sort of future episodes to go back to normal and for the world to go back to normal to be fair you know, it's it's one of those ones where an alien invasion happened. Yeah. So, so unless Barry changes his mind again, you know, you're going to have, <laughs> at the end of this, you're going to have the world going, aliens exist? And that's going to cause a huge uh, uproar, you would think. Although they've already got superheroes, so you know. Yeah, well, the implication is that it's covered up to some degree. So I don't know how they cover up the aliens in the street, but I suppose they've done it in Doctor Who, for better or for worse, so... <laughs> Yeah, they could hand wave it in the same way that Doctor Who likes to hand wave things. Yeah, if everyone was inside of the day, that that was the day that there was a big football match on. Every everyone was indoors. Yeah, no every, the the people that were sitting in their cars in traffic just thought it was some kind of publicity stunt or a parade or something. I don't know. A parade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there was the big holographic monster in that Flash episode. They could say it was all holograms. Oh, that's it. It was all yeah. holograms. <laughs> to test to test how everyone would uh, react. Yeah, apparently to, not at all. Really yeah. <laughs> I mean, the first point uh, the first point they always seem to do in the movies is uh, let's launch some nukes. 
Yeah. I was I was surprised to see no nukes in the air. <laughs> yeah, no, no one even thought about that, yeah. It's normally the first thing that happens to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Strange. I suppose there was no aliens in orbit at the time. It was just a little scout ship, wasn't it, at first? Yeah, yeah. Well, at first you just got the, t- the tiny little landing. It's once you get yeah. to the planet-wide scale invasion force that you're like... Yeah. At that about, point, you would expect something. But it's okay. There are ten people in colourful outfits. They'll handle this. That's it. That's it. We'll get them to do it. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Give them medals at the end. They'll be quite happy with that. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird how the the Arrow episode almost stands on its own. You know, the B story is is pretty dull, all things considered. You know, it just keeps things ticking along, as in the other characters have to be here and they have to do something. But you know, the focus is on these guys with their hundredth episode, which is, I think, the right thing to do. But it's, I think it's just awkward timing that Arrow 100 comes in the middle of a crossover. surprised that they didn't move the whole crossover sort of one episode's worth along so that they would get their 100th. Yeah, I think it's to do with when it, it airs in the US or something. But it Probably, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. there was a reason for them tying it in that way. But Start yeah, Arrow I mean, a week early? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it seemed a bit weird because it sort of... It didn't sort of put the handbrake on so much. I mean, you did, you know, they they were still on the alien ship. They were still doing that bit. Yeah. It, so it did distract away. So you kind of got two episodes of the full alien invasion. Yeah. And the one in the middle. Yeah. And then you had some random, uh, let's go find this woman that has this thing we need to locate them. Which was weak. Yeah. <laughs> It seemed it seemed a shame because it seemed almost a waste of what could have been actually quite an interesting villain. Yeah, because it was dealt with so rapidly. They were like, "Oh, if it's that easy, why are they not doing this all the time?" Yeah, well, the the Supergirl Flash team up was tag team team up thing was really cool. But even 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 then, just with Barry and the Arrow, you'd think all the plot points would be solved in these things by now. Yeah, well, I guess that's why Supergirl's not in that universe. Yes. Know. And they, and they did they did come up with a couple of excuses to bench her as well. Yeah. At times where you think, no, she's the obvious person you would take now. Yeah, although I didn't really agree with some of these reasons. You know, like when Oliver's like, I don't really trust aliens, so I'd be happy if you just sat over here for a little while. Um, even if Oliver's uncomfortable with something, he's always been really pragmatic. So he will always use whatever resources he has to hand. You know, for instance, when he allied himself with Helena, even though she was completely unstable. Or Sarah, when she first appeared, even though she was, you know, very unstable as well. But uh, he'll see a situation that needs to be fixed, and then he'll use whatever's to hand, even if it's not ideal. So even if he doesn't trust Kara, then he he would probably, in, you know, a consistently written version of the character, would have happily, well, not happily, we would have had her on along because... He recognises the need for that power. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's um, you know she's your tank essentially. You can you can put her in any situation and she'd be fine. Yeah, and then when they benched her, like benched her from what? They didn't do anything after that. You know, that was <laughs> they were waiting for the wave rider to come back. That's it. You know, that, <laughs> <laughs> it it seemed a bit weird. You know, because it's, and I suppose it's always the problem that the writers have got now because they've got so many of these powerful characters available to them. This yeah. sort of utility belt that when you sort of look at anything, you're like, oh, actually, they could solve this really quickly by calling Barry or by them now got the portal and all these sort of things that they can pull in. 
yeah. this list of contacts, this ever-growing list of contacts available to them. That yeah. you would think all these things would be solved by now. So you've got the the writers are are probably gutted that they can't go back sometimes to those initial episodes where all they've got is a bow and arrow and a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. But I think um, they could have established that the Dominator's weapons could hurt Kara. I think there was the implication there because they could mind control her pretty easily. But, you know, they, you don't ever see them use a gun against her or anything. Yeah, I did think the Dominators would maybe have known that she was Kryptonian and had some sort of weapon. I thought that would get rolled out at some point, some sort of kryptonite style yeah, weapon to disable her for a period of time. Yeah. I mean, even when they were on the roof fighting, they weren't using weapons. They were just kind of punching or clawing or whatever. But again, that might be a budgety type thing where they... Most likely, yeah. They can't have too much. And then also, if they make them too powerful again... Yeah. Then they bring up the problem of, well, how do we solve this? Yeah, well, Oliver used one of their guns that was hanging on a wall in a random corridor, so they do have guns. They do have guns, and and apparently they're easy to learn how to use as well. (laughs) Yeah, and hang in corridors, unguarded. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you've got an alien ship. You you wouldn't (laughs) think of anyone coming from outside, really, would you? No. (laughs) There's all sorts of little flaws with that, I suppose. You know, the whole, um, oh, we can... We've built this back door so that these people we've enslaved into our holographic matrix-like recreation can just leave if they discover it. We're not going to stop them. Yeah, we're not going to leave any guards in this room either. We're yeah. going to trust that the system we've put them in works. <laughs> yeah. That laser beam is going to slowly edge towards them, and when it hits... <laughs> and I'm off for a sandwich, so everything should be fine now. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to stand in the corridor. Not the corridor outside. No, the corridor about four <laughs> corridors away. And we're just yeah. going to chill there. Uh, we'll be back later. And we're going to leave our shuttle bay completely unguarded. Yes, and make sure it's pre-programmed to head for Earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so much. Uh, yeah, it's these little things that, that kind of need to happen to get the plot going. But I was kind of having enough fun with it that, you know, it's, it's something I can laugh about later. And if I it was a it. bad episode, I would might have been like, well, here's all the reasons I hate it. And here's some of and. Here's some of these random little nerd nitpick things that yeah. solidify my position of hatred. That's the problem with doing these podcasts, is that I did really enjoy the episodes, and then I make it sound like I didn't, but I sort of <laughs> the flaws in them. Yeah, I'll need to rewatch them again so that I can, like, yes, I did like them. I, I did. did, I did, I definitely, I definitely <laughs> liked them. Or you watch them on the third time around, you go, oh no, I've just noticed something else, damn it. No, no. <laughs> should have said that in the podcast. <laughs> I should have mentioned that bit. <laughs> but yeah, I think... Um, the biggest weakness, I suppose, for me was that it wasn't really a three-part story. It was kind of a two-and-a-half-part story. Um, yeah, it, it certainly did take a couple of detours en route. But um, if you were watching the other shows and you weren't just sort of tuning in for the crossover or, you know, you're a fan of all the shows, and I think there was enough to keep you watching and keep you interested in it. Yeah, I would say so. And... I suppose the second episode does entirely depend on whether you're invested in the Arrow cast or not. And if you're not, it's going to be a bit of a slog. Because it is all about them, essentially. It's also sort of a harking back to the past kind of thing as well. So you've got yeah. to be wild to sort of pick some of the references and things up. Yeah. I mean, it was. I thought it was really good to see Laurel back. I think they should never have killed her. And I'm positive she's coming back. I don't think this death is permanent. Because... It'd be stupid to do that, but it was the way that 
Oliver was able to deal with his, his feelings of grief. And I think it's up to debate over whether he's really in love with her or not. But I think um, the fact that he was marrying her in his fantasy was to do with his guilt over losing her and doing and not being able to save her rather than, you know, rather than taking it at face value. Yeah, I was kind of interested in whose fantasy it was. Obviously, it seems like it's Oliver's because he's getting married and everything, but then everyone else. <laughs> it was a bit of everyone's, I think. I think it, the world was built around their shared hallucination of what they thought was good. And Theas was apparently just, yeah, I'm all right with my parents being alive and, and running a nightclub, but that's enough for me. Wants to be the Green Arrow. Yeah. Or, well, I think Diggle just wants to be suffering. Or like his subconscious need to punish himself for killing his brother kind of crept into this whole world. Mm. Which was fine. Um, I think if you were going to put him in some spot, then the Green Arrow is, is one of them. And um, Ray wants to be engaged to Felicity, although not really. Or quite. <laughs> yeah. I guess they um, I guess they couldn't just couldn't afford an actress to be his dead fiance, So they were like, ah, we'll use Felicity, it'll be fine. I think it's more that what they don't want to do is if they, if they pick someone, then they'll need to make sure that they're available later if they do a Legends of Tomorrow thing where someone's going back and threatening her. Or... Well, they already did that, and she was off screen. <laughs> did that in season one. But, yeah, I think um, it would have made more sense if his fiancée in the episode itself was the one that died, but at the same time, maybe it would have been a bit too much kind of to throw at the viewer at once. I mean, Ray's part in it was the least, I thought. You know, it was just um, Sarah goes up to him and says, are you um, comfortable with this? And he's like, no, not really. And then suddenly he's on board with leaving it. Yeah, he did seem very easy to convince. <laughs> yeah. Almost if you walked up to him now and went, hey, you're in a dream, you'd be like, oh, I totally am. <laughs> <laughs> of course I am. I'm, in, I'm with a group of time-travelling superheroes. There's no way this could be real. <laughs> Yeah, it's but it was it was a good episode, and at the end of the day, it wasn't Ray's story, even though he started off as being part of the the Arrow cast. But I think giving Sarah a more prominent focus in in that story was was right because she was an Arrow character for well before she was a Legends character, and so was Ray. But Sarah was a more prominent fixture, I would think. Mm-hmm. Certainly in season two, she was, and Ray was kind of off to the side all all the time. So. Yeah, it was. Um, there were some good scenes in there. You know, there was uh, Oliver's goodbye to Laurel was particularly moving, and, and uh, the way when he turned round and he saw the the ghostly holograms of everyone that's been killed or changed by his actions. That was that was a really good moment as well, including yeah, Tommy. Be, yeah, I mean, it's it's all the. Um... It I, I thought that kind of worked pretty well, and it was nice. I mean, obviously because it's. I do sort of feel that they've missed out a little bit on their anniversary because they had to have this sort of secondary plot really running in the background. But it did give them the excuse to do the the sort of ultimate reality version in there. Yeah, otherwise it would have had to be like mind-altering drugs or something. You, know, <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't have that or some kind of magic spell, I suppose. I don't know. But yeah, I thought that was the strongest episode of it. I think um, it was probably the weakest in terms of being part of the crossover, but the strongest written episode of television of the three, definitely. And I think the third episode was the most fun, where the you know the Dominators finally attacked and they had to do stuff. 
I think it worked best for the crossover. I think the yeah. Arrow episode was probably, like you say, the better written and the you know the better worked on. However, the third episode probably progressed the alien invasion a lot better than the others. Yeah, it did culminate in a fight on a roof, which you know you're going to get with these shows. But um, and sometimes it looked like they were punching and kicking thin air a bit, but it was still a cool fight. It, it was a cool fight. There was a little bit too much posing, I found, by the end. <laughs> it sort of felt like, oh, they, did they do all these shots so that they could put them in a trailer somewhere? <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, look, we, we need to stand in this formation so that it looks cool. Yes. <laughs> yeah, what, what's, the, what's the best formation? Well, we need uh, three people hovering in the background. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's a shame that Sarah gets benched to fly the Wave Rider because, you know, the, the physicality of her action scenes are always really cool to watch so um, the fact that she's sitting on a chair pressing buttons is a bit disappointing yeah I mean they could have put well yeah I mean they've got enough people that they could have put in that that position but yeah 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 but she's the captain I suppose she was kind of messed up but she is the captain you're right so (laughs) so she'll sit and press buttons that's it captain you you sit you sit in your chair and get orders (laughs) yeah I, I did yeah. kind of like the scene where they were trying to decide who should be leader um, in the first episode. Yeah. And Oliver sort of sticks behind Barry. But I did <laughs> he think, started this, so he should be leader. Yeah, and he like, started. Yeah, that's cool. That's, yeah. that's cool. And now here's all the ideas that I think you should do, Barry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, then it was like, I think first we should, and then Oliver explains what you should do, and he's like, yeah, that. <laughs> so yeah, Oliver well, was well, really in charge. I actually think Oliver would have been the better one in charge, I suppose, because he has the most experience with, with guerrilla warfare, I guess. Yeah. I suppose he ended up in charge in the end, pretty much, anyway. Yeah. But I, I don't know why um, Barry wouldn't have just done that in the first place. Yeah. Went, Oliver, over to you. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, what did you think of uh, Supergirl's involvement? Because apparently they started writing the crossover before they actually knew she was going to be on CW, so and, and there's kind of elements of that kicking about, I feel like, you know, she does disappear for stretches of of time for no real reason Yeah, I mean I, I liked having the character there I thought it was, you know, just pretty good for the crossover itself, but yeah, I, I, I do feel that characters like Supergirl or Superman are difficult to write in because when you put in their two Powerful, they're too strong in comparison from martial arts experts to gods. You know, there's there's a difference between the two. You know, and you know she is pretty much immortal, and in this universe as well, mm-hmm. there's no one sort of standing there, kryptonite ready, which is the sort of token thing in a Supergirl or Superman thing to to weaken them. Yeah. So I I kind of get why it's difficult to write them in. I. I do wonder if Bar- one of Barry's first courses of action would have been to go over and get Supergirl in the first place. I I have the feeling that he would have called Oliver and sort of got the Arrow team involved pretty quickly. Mm, but which I, he did. Think, <laughs> I don't think his first point of action would have been running over to get Kara. Yeah. Which um, which do rapidly i know he's, he's sort of he's owed favors and things but i think that would have happened more in sort of episode two or maybe even in the final episode mm. even heavy heavy weaponry yeah 
but having her around for the whole thing was was more of an asset, I think. Mm. Um, and you know, obviously for budget reasons, she couldn't say, uh, "Wait five minutes, and I'll go ask my cousin if he's free." And uh, this Martian guy, we'll see if he he's up for a, an alien fight as well. Very true. And uh, here's one of our alien experts as well, who's got all the information on how to defeat them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, there was that kind of stuff. I mean, there was all sorts of weird budgety things that, that were a bit confusing. Like, for instance, two of the Legends team were just not there in, in the first episode. And, you know, it was hand-waved with the whole, oh, we just left them on the Wave Rider, it's fine. And then uh, yeah, on the... Oh, the, the little th- shit with us, so it's fine. Yeah, and then the third episode, it was, uh, oh, thanks for taking Thea home. It's like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> Why did they take her home? I don't understand. Because uh, she was well up for it, especially in the the end of the second episode, she was like, "Yeah, well, let's kick some alien ass," and then suddenly it's, "Oh yeah, she's way home." Yeah, she's got other sh- she's got other scenes to shoot that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I understand why they wanted the most of the cast who were belong to that show in a given episode as possible. So you know, the the entire Legends team come out of the woodwork for the the last episode and. The second episode was predominantly Arrow people, which mean means that you have to have the new team who are kind of useless. Yeah, the the new, I, I'm still trying to grow in the the new Arrow team, but that's <laughs> that's for a separate discussion, I think. Yeah, I do I do like them, and I quite liked Renee's stance on I hate metahumans, and now I hate aliens. That, you know, that's that's quite good. But the fact that all Barry has to do is pull them out of the way of a energy blast, and then he's like, I like you now. Is what? I've changed my mind. <laughs> Yeah, I've changed my mind. I just don't hate you now. I, I still hate metahumans, maybe. And how come he puts up with Rory? <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's not a metahuman, he's like magic bandages oh, or something. Yes. <laughs> it was, yeah, having Team Arrow there was, was good in theory, but the fact that they didn't really do anything with them was a bit iffy. So, because the characters are relatively new, and the show is celebrating sort of its its history, yeah, it was like they were going to be almost benched on that in the first place. Yeah, and the treacherous Artemis was nowhere to be seen. Yeah, for some reason, she just was busy that day. <laughs> but other than those little disappearing things, and I think it was largely done for budget. I think the the characters were all used well, and I think Kara in the first part how she got to be the one who introduces everyone to the audience because she doesn't know them. So she gets to go around and say, so you're, you're Arrow, you're uh, Atom, you're such and such, and uh, you three are such and such. So she gets to do the roll call, even though the audience might know who everybody is, but she doesn't. No, it was nicely written in, and it was, like I said at the beginning, it was, it was a nice, quick way. I'm, I'm kind of glad in a way that they did get quickly around to get it all out the way. Yeah. get everyone introduced and then just get on with it. Yeah, and she was a big part of the wrap-up as well, which I quite liked how she, um, you know, the the grin she gave when she told that guy he was reassigned to Antarctica was, was uh, I, don't, I want to use the word precious, but I might seem lame. <laughs> but, but it was, you know, that's the best word to describe it. It was just, it's only Melissa Benoist, or have you pronounced her name, can pull off stuff like that, I think. And, you know, she's, she's really good at that sort of... Um, being nice about being nasty. Yes, be, being evil to you with a smile uh, <laughs> yeah. is the, the sort of thing. But yeah, 
I mean, it's, it's interesting. It leaves it leaves a lot of stuff open for the future as well. If if you are now going to have this sort of department dealing, you know, the the sort of second version of the DEO running mm. about, you know, as as another side to sort of Argus and things that you normally pop up in the likes of Arrow and Flash. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that happens. Yeah, the the DEO in the Arrowverse. Uh, who knows where it could go? I mean, I guess Argus could have turned into that, I suppose. But uh, and maybe they will. Maybe it will be um, what's her name, Lila, that will be in charge of it. Who knows? Uh, probably for narrative economy sake, she will be. Um, but it mirrors when Barry got the metahuman task force or met a human prison when he was over on Kara's Earth as well. Yeah. Yeah, so there's kind of that, that give and take. Um, and uh, the line from Ray about Kara looking like his cousin. Yeah, no, that was one funny. of my favourite little bits for the whole <laughs> thing. I think I missed the first time round. Oh, right. Yes, and then someone mentioned it to me. I was like, did he? And I didn't see it. I was like, that's brilliant. It was it was really well done. And there was a lot of little sort of fun side, asides and bits. Yeah, um, little references here and there. That's it. I, I, I just, um, I'm trying to think, um, Mick, mm. um, uh, or Heatwave as he's now getting called, I quite like that. Um, I, he's kind of grown on me as a character. I'm liking his little witty asides now. Yeah, which you are, look like a star-spangled idiot. And that's like that. it. <laughs> <laughs> All that sort of stuff is beginning to suit me now. I, I, I quite like that. Yeah. And the fact that Supergirl's a new name is now just Skirt. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he was kind of flirting with her, which was not what she was expecting, because she doesn't yes. know what to do with it. <laughs> Although the the weird thing about Ray's little comment is um, it comes right after Felicity says, it's like looking in the mirror. And since, you know, Ray and Felicity used to be a couple, what does that say about Ray's state of mind? <laughs> It means that Ray's really attracted to his cousin, I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was it um, Oliver said to Felicity at one point? There's a good chance that you and Ray are related. So. <laughs> I mean, I I hadn't noticed until the two are sort of standing next to each other in their civvies, uh, yeah. Felicity and, and, and Cara, that you go, oh, they are, like, really similar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they both have a similar dress so sense put, and they, wear glasses. And, that's yeah. it. But the big, the big rimmed glasses and the tied back hair, and then that, and you're going, oh, hang on. <laughs> yeah, although I think Felicity's hair colour is closer to what Supergirls should be if you're following the drawing. I suppose so, but I, I guess it's sort of that blonde way because it looks, well, it sort of looks better in the animation and stuff, I'm guessing. Yeah. Or maybe her hair doesn't... I don't know. I don't know about hair. But maybe her hair just doesn't go that light. Who knows? Maybe someone that knows about hair can comment and let us know. I can't comment on hair. (laughs) Having never dyed my hair, I don't know. But yeah, it was just a little funny aside. And I almost wish there was more time for Cara to just speak to people. Uh, And I think there's scope for a more intimate crossover where she's only on Flash or whatever you know where she can just interact with people yeah i would i would like to see i, I would have liked for her to stay behind for one episode maybe yeah. or, or you know even if she left halfway through another episode yeah just to get a little bit more of those sort of characters on time i also liked the little sum up at the end with barry oh. and oliver in the bar at the yeah. end you know i i sort of like that 
is a sort of you know a little sort of resolution thing them going over what they've done and mm. and having a bit of a laugh and stuff and I thought that was that was quite neat to be honest yeah because it's not this... something you see both of those characters doing getting the chance to talk Unwind. and chill out yeah. and you know it's always it's always like they said in the thing it's always when the world's at threat that they chat yeah I would actually watch an entire episode of them just sitting about having a drink you know just all of them they just have a drink well, a little sort of a, a extra episode or something yeah they just don't do anything like there's no danger that week it's just Kara comes over for someone's birthday or something and then you know <laughs> and then that's it I, I traveled between dimensions for your birthday happy birthday <laughs> why not <laughs> could work but yeah I think um yeah, if I was Barry, I would go up to Kara before she left and say, by the way, while you're here, i uh, got this speedster that's really annoying me, and he's more powerful than me, but maybe not more powerful than you. Yeah, so, do, you want to, uh, do you want to stay around for an extra day and just deal with this for me? <laughs> do you want to stay around for a couple of days and deal with every problem we have? Yeah, and we'll, we'll, and we'll, we'll come over and give you a hand any time that you need just a little bit of thing up done. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was never going to happen, I suppose. But I think there's, I mean... Cisco gives her the the keyhole to, or the the key that turns the lock of dimensions, so she could come over whenever she wants, and and I hope that happens sooner rather than later. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see when that's when that's next used. I like that originally doing all this dimension shifting was very very complicated, but has now been reduced down to the size of a brooch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before you needed Cisco. In fact, at the start of the crossover, you needed Cisco. By the end, no, you don't now. <laughs> no, you have, you have this button on uh, essentially like <laughs> a little brooch. You can just hit that. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, easy enough. Never mind that we're ripping apart the fabric of reality. It's fine. It'll be okay. And at least it's not small enough that you can tread on it by accident and open a porthole. <laughs> yeah. Um, There's rumours of like a musical episode of Flash and Supergirl next, next year sometime. So I'd quite you, like to see that. I still don't believe you. <laughs> not well, falling for it no matter how many times you try and enforce this <laughs> no it's it's on the internet i will link it in the show notes i still don't believe you <laughs> oh they were both on glee so it's an excuse to get them singing i suppose <laughs> yeah um i suppose there is the potential for her to solve all their problems but it would have been quite cool if she'd t- stuck around for the mid-season finale and helped out with savitar because he seems like a bit of a problem yeah, I suppose it's like I said earlier on. If you have her around, it solves too many problems, and you know, what, what, why, why would you do that when you can spend another five episodes over it? Yeah, yeah. Plus, she has her own stuff to do. She has a will they, won't they, with another, um, with another alien, and uh, and and her gay sister to worry about, and all this stuff. Yeah, she's so, got a lot. To do. She's got a family crisis. She's off. Yeah, that instead. And she has to save her uh, her real dad, or her, her earth dad, who's not quite uh, so urgently needing saving, apparently. No, he's all right. He's, he's going to solve it later. <laughs> so, yeah, he'll be fine. It's going to wait a few weeks. But yeah, um, I guess on to the action sequences. There was, um, I think the first episode probably had the strongest action sequences because you had Barry taking on all the people with powers and Oliver taking on all the people without, which gave you a lot of variety, I thought. You know, because Oliver was never going to be able to take on Supergirl, obviously. 
Um, that would just be stupid. Um, it was but, it was my favourite sequences that seeing seeing them all up against each other, pretty yeah. much. You know, it was it was it sort of shows how good both of them are. You know, when you talk about sort of Supergirl, I, I I'm surprised they came out on top of that situation. Yeah, and the the chase was really good. I mean, it it doesn't really answer the question of who's faster, but all Barry was trying to do was annoy her, so that you know he could lead her into. Um, wherever he needed to lead her to, so that she could phase, he could, yeah, phase out of out of sync, so she could fly through him and destroy the alien mind control thing. No, I think it, I think it worked really well as a as a as a thing, and um, that that was a pretty good battle, especially one to open it out with. Yeah, yeah, I almost wish there was more action, but what we got was was fine. I already mentioned the tag team thing; that was really cool. It was like 10 seconds, but it was really cool. Um, the rooftop fight, other than the fakeness of you know, people punching thin air, it was still good. It was still really cool. And that was about it, other than the space battle and the physical stuff in the second episode, which some of that was yeah. really good. There weren't many big uh, big action scenes, really. Every, everyone got their own shot at doing something, though, which is great. Yeah. You know, I, I imagine this has been a huge task for the people that write it to give everyone their moment. Yeah. You know, every, every, all, all the sort of characters that get their, their comedy moment, they all get theirs. All the sort of action characters, they get their moment, you know. You've, you've got to make sure that, you know, Felicity gets a little one-liner, Cisco gets a little one-liner, everyone gets a little bit of, you know, all the action heroes get their moment, you know. It's, it's, it's a difficult task. Yeah. I think they pulled it off rather well. Oh, definitely. Yeah, they, um, and I think Cisco got a lot more to do than I expected with all the other superpowered folk around. He, he seemed to be everywhere. You know, he he was the only, um, other than the Flash himself, the only Flash character that crossed over in the second episode. Yeah, he was the only one that, that really got a bit of a chance. And I've I've been enjoying him more this season than I have previously, actually. Hmm. I've always yeah, liked Cisco. He's, he's, he's been a little bit mopey. He's not been as upbeat recently, but it looks like he's breaking out of that again, which is great. Yeah, because the last thing we need is an emo Cisco. <laughs> and Caitlin doesn't get that much to do, but she spends most of it supporting uh, Professor Stein, who is dealing with a daughter that he didn't know he had. And I thought that was it was fine. Um, it wasn't especially well-developed, certainly not at first, but I quite like how... Um, it essentially boils down to his urge to be this deadbeat dad, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was, I, I, it was an interesting turn that actually because I thought, oh, it's going to be a different wife or a different woman or something like that that's in his house. Mm. And then when I, it turned out I predicted, to be his daughter. Yeah. I sort of thought, oh, that's that's quite a neat idea actually. Yeah, I predicted it at the time. I was like, this has got to be his daughter. It's the only thing that makes sense. And I made sure to link to it in my review of the, the crossover episode to prove that I predicted it weeks ahead. Well, one week ahead, anyway. Are you sure? Yeah, well, it's one of those really obvious things. And I suppose it depends what they do with it in the future. Apparently she's a recurring role on Legends, but she seems annoyingly bubbly, I suppose. You know, everything she does is so big. You know, I'm just, calm down, please, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> 
but it's it's quite interesting now. It's essentially about this guy who wants to shirk from his responsibilities because he's got this daughter they didn't plan to have. So you know, if you if you take away all the sci-fi stuff, it's that's what the story is, and it's quite an interesting one. And having Caitlin there with her own family issues is is quite apt as well, I think. No, it sort of ties in well, especially when obviously Caitlin didn't know this is the daughter that he never had in the first place. You know, it's yeah, uh, all her memories are of that daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Caitlin's always good with that stuff. And then you've got the whole I might be Killer Frost again at some point and no one and it doesn't really go anywhere because it's there's no time. No, I mean, they don't have time to address every character. I, I do think that that's one of the things that she probably would have raised with Professor Stein at some point, though. Yeah. And I mean, she did, and then it kind of gets... Yeah. Oh, no, quickly, it's fine. Quickly we'll, be, on. <laughs> we'll be here for you. I'll be in the 1600s, but I'll be here for you. Things like that. And you've got Wally as well in the background, furthering his desire to be a hero, which, you know, it's, I quite like the whole um, they're trying to protect him by stopping him from rushing the head on into it, but have they met Wally? Yeah, um, I think it's it's predictably going to end with it all going disastrously wrong. Yeah, well, <laughs> and I think, redemption again. Yeah, I think Wally's going to turn into Savitar. That's what I think's going to happen. Is this another prediction? Should we be putting money on this? Well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'll go into a, a bookies and they'll be like, "What's the Flash? We don't know what that is." Um, I predicted it, but we'll see if it comes true or not. I think it would be the most interesting thing for Savitar to be, but. I'm getting underwhelmed by the everyone's a villain who's not on Team Arrow, and even if they are Team Flash, even. Mm. Yeah. No, there is, there is a lot of that where every new character that's introduced, like, oh, they're going to be a baddie. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I predict four episodes until Wells betrays them. <laughs> Again. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, this, this iteration of Wells, I, I, I think I said when we were we mentioned the sort of TV shows before, but the, the ability of the guy to play all these different versions of the one character. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that we've now got the hippie offer version is yeah. just ridiculous, but he, he does it so well. Yeah, and when he's hanging around in the, the first part, just not really doing anything, it's, it's quite funny. Hanging around the background, getting everyone coffees and uh, preparing <laughs> brainstorming meetings and team games. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's quite funny how they keep alluding to all this stuff that Barry owns now that he's inherited Star Labs. It's like, I did oh, yeah. like the subtle drop of, oh yeah, yeah, I own this aircraft hangar. Yeah, oh yeah, it looks suspiciously like the Justice League headquarters in the comics. <laughs> You should totally do something with this. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe I will do something with this. You know, well, he's going to have a lot of spare time on his hands after quitting his job. So you know, yeah, maybe, maybe that's what he'll do. He'll take up decorating his hangar. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I built a superhero um, bunker for everyone, so uh, we can stand here. It's just, yeah, it's a bit strange how I keep forgetting that he's inherited all this stuff. I mean, they use it as a base of operations, obviously, but it doesn't come up very often that he owns this. This multi-million-dollar business, I suppose, that doesn't make any money. Yeah, I mean, eventually they're going to have to fix the roof. Yeah, <laughs> and eventually they're going to run out of vans as well. <laughs> used... a fleet of vans that are out <laughs> lying around. Yeah, but they've used up quite a lot of them with it being trashed. Yeah, surely they've got a robot now that's sort of making them vans in the background. <laughs> Could well, be. 
working on sort of portal creating machines. There's another guy <laughs> doors down that's making some van replication device. Yeah, could be. It's like Voyager shuttlecraft in, in Star Trek. <laughs> Where are they getting all these from? Yeah, that, that's. I never thought that we would get onto Star Labs' fleet of vehicles, but we did. So, this is an important question that needs to be asked, and I'm sure the other podcasts aren't asking about it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I guess other character dynamics. Um, what other ones were there, and were they good or not? Uh, I didn't really like Barry and Kara's because. It didn't make sense. It was, you know, Oliver's irrational fear of her was all well and good, but benching her because he was afraid that she, you know she was too powerful just makes no sense. Yeah, I, I, I didn't quite get how Oliver and Kara's thing came up. I, I'm guessing it was just so that she was sort of written out for a portion and they could explain it away. Yeah. Um, I'm increasingly liking uh, Mick on Legends of Tomorrow. Like I said, and it's sort of tie-ins with uh, Sarah Lance yeah, and sort of tying the, the, the two of them together. They've, they've got a really good dynamic that's sort of working. I know yeah. it's not when you get... And every time I see Felicity and Cisco together, there's <laughs> sort of two representative geeks yeah. uh, that get dispatched. I, I, I just think that that works really, really well, and I wish they would sort of cross over more often. Yeah, their geeking out on the Wave Rider was, was some of the best stuff. And I'd like to see them go over and meet Wynn and all the, uh, and all the uh, Supergirl characters. That's the team-up that we need. Yeah, tech support. Support, team-up. <laughs> yeah, it'd be cool. Uh, it could happen quite easily. Probably uh, be video conference, I imagine. Maybe, yeah. But there's, hmm. I mean, there's other stuff I kind of wanted to see. There was, um, apparently there was a lot of stuff cut, such as... Um, Sarah hitting on Kara because she hits on every woman that she meets apparently um, I would have liked to see Kara and Felicity interact a bit more or Kara and Cisco or Kara and anyone really I mean I think I think she bounces off everybody really well so um, I think seeing her interact with more of the people would have been would have been fine uh, it's just yeah there's some people we don't get the opportunity to see talk to each other I think it's a difficult thing, a difficult line to sort of tread with the amount of time that they've got, and they've got to give, you know, they've got to give the plot enough movement, but also sort of service that interaction between the characters that you want to see, because that's the whole point of the crossover, really. Yeah, is to see these characters interact, and if you don't get the chance to do that, then it's a bit tricky. You know? Yeah, and I think I definitely think a, a more intimate crossover needs to happen. I think Supergirl needs to come over. And Felicity needs to come over at Flash for that week, and then everybody just has a really good time. Because <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. The musical episode in a bar. There you go, you're sorted. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> they come over for Barry's birthday. They all decide to go and do karaoke. Job done. Easy peasy. And I don't think I'm. I'm going to say that karaoke doesn't count as a musical episode unless it's <laughs> throughout. Okay. <laughs> well, they, you know, they might do it a lot. It's like, what do you want to sing next? How about this? And, uh, <laughs> and then um, everyone will be like, "We just watched 42 minutes of a bunch of superheroes doing nothing, and it was awesome. <laughs> it was <laughs> the best episode ever. You know, there wasn't a single mugging even stopped. They they go outside the karaoke bar in the cities and ruins because every hero has been." 
wasting time having a drink and stuff. What do you think's sort of next for all of the, the various universes in terms of how they might interact with each other? I mean, well, there's only two universes. Um, so we've already mentioned Supergirl should come back at some point and she easily can, but what do you think will bring her back other than a musical episode? Or indeed, bring other people to her? Yeah, I mean, I think without knowing sort of what villains are going to pop up in the future uh, and what situations are going to arise, I'm not, I'm not too sure. I'm sure that they will interact. I don't know if they will do as big a crossover in the future. I think there will be I think there will be odd appearances. Obviously, I think you're still going to get a bit of the Arrow and Flash thing where they sort of pop up in odd little episodes, even if it yeah. is just 15 minutes to resolve something. Yeah, I, I think they'll still do the big event thing once a year, assuming all the shows are still running. Because mm-hmm. they seem to like to do that with episode 8 now, it's crossover time, you know, of some description. Yeah, I don't know. See, the thing is, because there are, it's a tricky task to do and to give it the reason. Yeah, you know, without sort of of going, oh, the aliens are back again. I I, I sort of struggle to come up with big enough, big enough reasons for them to tie everyone in, unless it sort of happens accidentally. Yeah, where they're all dealing with the same thing and suddenly it crosses over. Yeah, that could happen. Rather than rather than something that's sort of majorly organised. Yeah, I mean, I suppose someone could bring together their greatest villains. But you know that's that's a dime a dozen in comic book stuff. Well, that's and, it. If you get if you get a superhero team up, then I think eventually you're going to have the the big uh, super villain crossover. Yeah, well, they're doing that in Legends at the moment. Yes, uh, Damian yeah, Dark Reverse Flash, Reverse Flash thing. So that yeah. that could spit out, and that's when you could end up getting sort of accidental crossovers and things. Yeah, what I would actually like to see is the Earth thirty eight, as they numbered it, uh, versions of Barry Allen and Oliver Queen. You know, just turn up in Supergirl. They're on the same network now, and they're filming ostensibly next door. So why not? I mean, who doesn't want to see what Barry Allen's like on Earth 38 and <laughs> how Kara might react to him? It, it would be interesting for him to just drop in the background at some point and for her to mistake him for the other. Yeah. I think that would be just a fun, even if it was a thing that lasted about two minutes or so, it would just yeah. be silly and then they could move on again, yeah? Yeah, or she, you know, she bumps into Cisco in the shop or something like that. Could happen. They must, they maybe exist. And another answer I'd like to see is um, what happened to Krypton in Earth One? Is it still there? Has it been destroyed? Is there a teenage Kal-El in Kansas somewhere? That's one of the things I was surprised they didn't do in this, is how our looking and seeing, does Krypton exist? Is it there? Yeah, I mean, no one in the room would have known, but, you know, she could have asked. You know, even if you're just in an aside somewhere to try and have a look. You know? Yeah. I guess that's something for a more intimate crossover again. But it's a burning question, and I'm surprised that Kara didn't wonder. You know, do I exist on this earth? Well, obviously not, but like, mm-hmm. um, maybe Superman does. Maybe he's a teenager, you know. Like, or he's maybe not decided to reveal uh, himself yet. Yeah. Take up the mantle yet, who knows? There's all sorts of possibilities literally a multiverse of possibilities it's great so yeah uh, I think we've beaten this to death uh, just like the Dominators we've we've uh, shocked them into submission and now they're leaving <laughs> which is great um, we've blown up their little bomb thing That yeah we've, we've turned a little bomb thing into water 
Yeah. Or tra- transmutation, is that the word? Yeah. Yeah, there we go. We've transmutated the bomb thing to water. <laughs> yeah. So, what are your final thoughts on the crossover um, after I, we've picked it apart? Yeah, yeah, after we've picked it apart. Like I say, I really enjoyed it. What what you do is you end up, you know, if you're doing something like this, you do end up sort of picking, it's easier to pick bits that you didn't like than it is to sort of uh, uh, pontificate about the things that you did. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. I liked seeing all these characters interacting. I would have liked to have seen a bit more sort of the characters crossing over, the ones that don't normally deal with each other as often. Yeah. Um, I think a bit a bit more mixing up would have been good, but apart from that, really, really good. It's always tricky when they're trying to mix all these things and not interrupt the main storylines too much at the same time. So, yeah, I think I think a job well done. Really interesting to see, and uh, look forward to continue watching them all. Yeah, pretty much the same for me. Uh, like what you said earlier about the fourth episode might have given them a bit more breathing space to. To develop some things a bit more and you know I, I really think people should stop talking about it as a four night event because the Supergirl episode was not a tie in at all, well it was a little bit like 30 seconds of it or something um, but maybe if the Supergirl episode had truly kicked it off it might have it might have been a bit more uh, a bit more I don't know roomy I suppose is the, is the word I'm looking for so I can see why they did it with Supergirl, though, because it was still her episode and she was the the outsider, the the newbie to that universe. So keeping her own plot and her own story was was probably fine, but... Also probably part of the whole writing thing, because they didn't know they were going to get her until the last minute. They just had to sort of retrofit these things in. Yeah, but billing it as a four-night crossover is a bit cheeky, because it's kind of not... Especially when the the scene that's in Supergirl is also in the Flash episode. But I really enjoyed it. I like seeing them interact. I can't wait to see more. And I think it was a huge success. If not exactly as monumental as people wanted it to be. But still, a lot of fun. Kind of way above average for these shows. And I thought the, the Arrow 100th episode was the strongest part of it for me. Yeah, that's my final thoughts. So, I will thank you for coming over from your <laughs> desolate earth to, to join in this long discussion. Thank you very much for having me. Well, if you'll just hop back in this portal using this handy little remote control. Oh, thank you thank you very much for that. I'm, I might use this in the future. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll or see. tread on it by accident, either. Or. <laughs> tread on it by accident and open up a portal that grows exponentially until it destroys <laughs> the universe. That's what to do. <laughs> anyway, I shall bid you good night. Good night. Good day. Good morning. Good afternoon. And good evening. And all <laughs> the goods. And that was it. Another successful team up that covered a cosmically small part of the DC multiverse. Thanks to YouTuber Nstens1117 for providing the music. And if you liked what you heard here, then please subscribe to us on iTunes or any major podcasting app. I hope you join us in the next Kneel Before Pod. <laughs>